Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Reservations. We are your hosts. I'm Jeremy Blair. And I'm Rain Whalen. Man, rock and roll. Let's let's get this uh, show on the road. Oh, my God. Um, By the way, that's what we're titling the episode. Oh, we're titling. <laughs> rock and roll. Rock and roll. Um, so, Jeremy, I, yeah. I was uh, I was telling you this off mic. Um, we'll get, we're getting into the episode. Just gotta, just gotta say this. I need everyone to hear how excited I am for this movie. Uh, so I'm very excited for the Nina DaCosta, Nina DaCosta, uh, Jordan Peele, uh, Candyman movie that's yeah, coming Candyman's out. Candyman's going to be dope. I mean, uh, our boy Yaya's in it. So, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, man. Uh, yeah. especially considering the, the first one, the original is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Great horror. Uh, great slasher horror, which is my favorite kind of horror. You know what's interesting is that you know um, we discussed Candyman in my horror films class in college. <laughs> there is a horror films class in college, you can tell. Um, and you know my parents aren't disappointed in me at all. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we discussed that you know in terms of um, film criticism, uh-huh. this one is really unique because they really dived in and sort of just centered on Virginia Madsen's nudity. Yeah. And not so much anything else about it. There's like, hey, there's boobs in it, you know, and it's Virginia Madsen's <laughs> How boobs. dare they? And which is so weird because, you know, like, especially for that time, it's not anything new. Yeah. I guess it was new for Virginia Madsen, but that's, you know, that's nothing to get that excited about. Oh, you're saying about. that it was very critical of just about that. Yeah, they were, oh, that's all they were talking about is just like, oh, and Virginia Madsen gets naked. It's like, okay, but... And? Also, let's talk about her acting or let's talk, you know, you can, even if you didn't like the acting, at least talk about it, you know? you Right. It was so odd. Anyway, that's what we really honed in and we really liked or we discussed the uniqueness of the setting of Candyman. We, and uh, I think that's why it's so good, man. Yeah. Like, this yeah. horror movie, but the social commentary In the is, projects, yeah. is gentrification. Yeah. Right. But anyway, uh, right. so I'm s- is so great. excited for it. Yeah, uh, it's going to be really so good. So excited that I'm dreaming of it. <laughs> uh, I wanted our audience to hear how weird I am. But um, I can't wait for it. You know, August 27th. Yeah. Can't get here fast enough. Soon. Uh, yeah. Not soon. A uh, week and a half. Oh, not even a week and a half. Uh, uh, like, a week. When this comes out. Yeah. Well. At the end of the week. I'll actually, this one will go up in real time. Oh, it will. Yeah, real time. This one will go up in the next hour. Oh. <laughs> but we have an announcement at the end of the episode. Anyway. Yeah, okay. So, Jeremy. Yes, sir. What are we talking about? Uh... This week we are discussing... Like I don't know. Like you don't know. Uh, we're discussing Rules of Attraction. This is another Brett Easton Ellis adaptation. So, I was so excited. Yeah. I literally went to Barnes & Noble with Ashley uh, to buy the book. Okay. Uh, almost books, did. I didn't. a little different. I didn't buy it. Mainly because uh, I didn't like how it was. the pages were printed. Oh. It, it was very... Um, very old style of printing. Okay. And I just, I didn't like it. So yeah, like a Ashley, felt in the hand. Yeah. And Ashley was like, well, you know, you could wait till there's like another, I was like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, so I'm also kind of glad I didn't read the book before I saw the movie and I'm going to get it out of the way now. I loved it. Okay. It was great. Yeah. Uh, I was sold from the minute. Yeah. Uh, from, from the second the movie started. Yeah. Uh, and I have a joke queued up for it. Great. Welcome back to Irreversible 2.0. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is a similar 
sort of. Sort of, uh, yeah. Tear reversible, <laughs> except this one actually uses rewind. So it yes. clicks the rewind button on this one. Yes. Uh, um, but yeah, dude, I loved it. Um, and uh, no, I was so jazzed that I almost even bought American Psycho. Yeah. Uh, the book. But uh, I was Sean like. Sean and Paul are in American Psycho. Yes. Uh, but since the I. Book. But since I did not uh, buy the Rules of Attraction, I was like, you know what? I'll just wait on American Psycho too. Yeah, see if you can find some cool ones on Amazon. I bet you there are some cool yeah. covers and. I like the I like one of the covers of American Psycho that I found where it looks like it's a painting. Yes. Of, yeah, I, that yes. one I really like. That yes, one I'm that's a cool. That's a cool cover for that one. Yeah, yeah. I but agree. anyway, uh, but yeah, man, like, <laughs> I was sold. I was sold from. As soon as the over the the voiceover narration started, mm-hmm. and all the just how everything all was already cut together, I was like, oh, yes. I mean, you could tell this guy wrote Pulp Fiction with uh, with Tarantino. With I mean, Tarantino. This, this is sort of his wheelhouse, right? Mm-hmm. This sort of style of this, you know, going up and down the the narrative, right? Right. The timeline. Uh, which is pretty cool. I um, so let me let's let's go ahead and let's start with. I guess first impressions. You loved it. Right? Loved it. Um, I had never heard of this movie before. Um, I was in college. I just started college, and this is when I met my buddy Kale, ah. um, who I went to go see this weekend, which is why this is so late. Uh, yes, and I'm why... also going out of town this weekend. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, it just uh, never stops. So <laughs> constantly at it. So, um, he had shown me a couple of clips, and these are the two clips I saw that completely sold me. Uh, one was uh, Paul and Richard having dinner with their moms. Ah, yeah. Um, and I go, what is this? Right? <laughs> and then he showed me uh, Jay Barishall. Bar- is that how you say it? I, sure. Uh, ODing. ODing. Um, yeah. ODing. <laughs> and the sort of surrealism of the doctor going, he's dead. No, he's, he's dead. Which, he's, of course, he's just making fun of them. But He's not dead. I can see him breathing. <laughs> he's dead. Shut up. Shut up. You're dead. Shut up. <laughs> I just, I love it. And I completely fell in love with it. I go, what is this? How can I see it? This is a movie? And <laughs> and I saw it and I was completely blown away by it. Yeah. Right? Um, mm. And this is after I'd seen American Psycho. And I go, this is Brady's analysis. I go, okay. Um, and then of course I get the little, you know, is this Patrick, you know, with yeah. over the phone and yeah. Um, which, you know, I'm going to be honest. Um, so I, I'm going to give my own correction for last week's episode. Uh, this is not a spiritual sequel to American Psycho. Cause in the bibliography of Brittany Snellis, American Psycho is technically the spiritual sequel to this book. Yeah. Because this one is the first time we ever hear the mention of Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman. And then, of course, American Psycho is all about Patrick. And this one's all about Sean. Yes. Kind of. Yes. Uh, but I'm actually very glad that we don't see Patrick at all in this movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. <clears throat> I did look up the deleted scene. Uh, and, like, yeah. I was like, okay. Like, I get it. But... I mean, once you see Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman, like... It's over, right? Yeah. I, I agree. Because uh, once he decided, no, I don't want to... I don't want to do that character again. Like, it's not... Which it, is so wild, because it had only been two years before. Yeah, no disrespect. Like, I don't want to be typecast as this thing. And uh, so, yeah. You know what I mean? And I get it. 
even though he w- would have literally only had like a day's worth of work. Yeah, but, but still, I mean, the audience would see him as Patrick Bateman again, and then it would, you know, it's over. Be like, oh, but see, but but they need to do that for Batman, though. You know, it's different. Batman's <laughs> different. You know it. So anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, you know, I I loved that. Yeah, this primarily of the Bateman brothers is primarily focused on Sean. Uh, but I do want to say, what kind of upbringing have the Bateman brothers been through? Who knows? Uh, sorry, that's my phone. That's um, right. You know, that the older brother, Patrick, turns out to be a serial killer slash he's just batshit crazy. Yeah. Because we don't know if he's really a serial killer. Well... <laughs> no, he for sure is a zero killer. I think he is. And I think uh, it's no. just that the point of that book is no one cares. Yeah. Right? Everyone's so self-involved, no one cares. Right. Anyway, and then Sean is a drug-dealing sex maniac. Sex maniac. I mean, he's just, he just likes to have a good time. <laughs> I, I disagree on the sex maniac, but I... Okay, so... Le- okay, let's just jump in. So, <laughs> you're right into... You know, as much as I disagree with that, I I, I do understand why you would say it. Which is this movie is sort of a sort of a surrealist version of what college is like. Yeah, uh, because it's completely non-realistic. I, I mean, at least at least uh, for me, <laughs> or at least in our own college experiences, it's just completely <laughs> ridiculous. And you know, like. And here's here are a few ways of why I think that one everybody knows everybody. Yeah, it's sort of like high school, and I wrote that down. Like everyone is, you know, when I was in uh, elementary, middle school, it was such a small school that you know I would just have to say, Patrick, Will, you know, uh, John, you know, and everyone knows what I'm talking about. But here and in high school, you have to do first and last. Right. Yes, uh, as uh, I'm sure we've talked about, uh, you know, me being friends with you and then our other friend, Jeremy, stares. Yes. And so it got to the point where I just had to call you guys by your last names. Right. Like, oh, yeah, you know, like, oh, no, I'm going to lunch with Blair. Oh, no, I'm hanging out with stairs after. Right. And right, right. then people knew I was talking about. Right. Like, for me, I was the only Rain. Right. I was going to say, like, for you, it was like Rain. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I know who that is. Oh, that weird guy. But, you know, like in this, they were like, oh, he left with Paul. And they're like, oh, Paul Denton. Right. First, last. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do all of these people know each other? Well, Lauren dated Paul before he came out. Yeah. Right. And, you know, like there's sort of a, a there is a group of people that all know each other. But the way the movie is represented, it seems like it's such a small school. That yeah. It is sort of like high school that everybody knows everybody. Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, if I'm being honest, I wasn't paying attention to like, how does everyone know everyone? Yeah. But I mean, after I got to ruminate with it, I was like, yeah, everyone kind of knows. Everyone, everyone seems to know everybody. Um, yeah. Except for the poor uh, cafeteria girl. No oh, one knows who she is. Oh, boy. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, well, and it... Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't... I was Wonderful. So, I was like, do I have anything to add to this? No, I no. don't have anything to add to that. So, I guess we can officially start with the... with. Let's just start at the beginning, which is technically the end. Yes. Um, which is the end of the world party. Um, which was shot on 9-11, 2001, uh, is when they were uh, shooting that scene. Um, just, a, just a fun fact for you. 
Yeah, fun. I'm sure everyone was like, yeah. Like, yeah, here we are filming this college party. It actually helped, coincident. I mean, ironically, it helped their production because uh, James Vanderbeek couldn't leave to go do Dawson after that because he would have had to have gotten on a plane to do that oh, yeah. and since all planes were grounded for a while he uh could he had, stay he had no yeah. choice but to stay but to stay and finish you know shooting and they didn't have to worry about scheduling and him going off one week and then coming back the next uh, whatever uh to do dawson's creek because it was still going on at the time um, and i'm sure this movie <laughs> killed dawson's creek for i think you know for me it's such brilliant you know casting to cast Dawson. Uh, yeah, to cast James Vanderbeek as Sean Bateman and uh, Jessica Biel as Laura. Yeah. Because uh, she was doing Seventh Heaven at the time. <laughs> and so it's these two characters that we know so well, or at least that audiences know so well from, from being me. these very wholesome. I was just about to say wholesome. Uh, you know, very uh, innocent roles, right? Yeah. In, in these shows. Uh, to. Rules of Attraction. <laughs> Yeah. Which is this Brett Easton Ellis world, which is so different from everyone else's world. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. so, okay. So, end of the world party. I do love the way, you know, as you were saying, the way we get to meet everybody mm-hmm. that we need to um, is is a very cool and unique editing style and how we get to know everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I really like the, the, it's almost like the journey of the keg, right? Because uh, yeah. the keg gets mentioned or it gets uh, prominently featured in most of these stories mm-hmm. uh, or introductions, uh, which is so odd that they're introductions because it's at the end of the narrative, but uh, which I like. Also, yeah. um, let's start with Lauren. Um, I'm a huge fan of this actress, uh, Shannon Sosaman. Uh, Sosaman. Uh, she's wonderful. I've seen her in uh, 40 Days and 40 Nights. Uh, she's been in a few other things as well. Wrist cutters. Um, I'm going to be honest. I meant to look up where I've seen her before, but I was just so... I was just like, you know what? I'll, I'll look it up later. And yeah. I... You never, forgot. I forgot. That's right. Um, she's great. Big fan. Especially at this point in time. Yeah. She's, she's, she's pretty big. She's pretty popular at this time, especially in movies kind of like this. Yeah. Now, before we, before we get into it, I want to say, I think Laura... Uh, has the worst of it. Lauren. Lauren. Sorry, uh, Lauren uh, through the worst of it. Especially at this point. Yes. Uh, Of course, but we have to see what happens for her to get to this point. But anyway. Right. She, you know, this movie technically begins with sexual assault and rape, right? Yeah. Um, Which is very odd and sort of off-putting, but presented in this sort of darkly comedic way, which is... It was sort of this bait and switch. Yeah. Uh, and then he vomits on her, which is so gross. I, I know. Uh, in the rated R version, you don't see it hit her. Um, I don't know if you... Oh, I guess I watched the unrated, because I saw it Yeah, yeah. Like, the... Well, I mean, it hit her, and then they rewound it. Right. In but... the rated R version, it doesn't hit her. Uh-huh. It's just him vomiting, right? Um, and it and it stops there. Um so gross man <laughs> it is fucking gross it's gross bomb. I mean it's pretty realistic um, by the way the the film guy who w- which is offensive by the way <laughs> I saw a lot of myself in him and I don't like it <laughs> because that's how I talk to people about movies but um, oh for sure sh- I was like oh God. I, I feel like I'm being personally attacked but uh, he is actually talking about killing Zoe uh, when he's talking to her and, and over her 
or under her narration, oh. which is Roger Avery's previous film. Oh, see, I thought they were talking. I thought he was talking about um, Natural Born Killers. No, because I heard him mention Tarantino, and right. then yeah, it's not even his original vision. And I was like, oh, he's talking about Natural Born Killers. Right, about Natural Born Killers. Um, I think he was discussing like Roger Avery's collaboration with Tarantino and then going into Killing Zoe and all that stuff. So anyway, uh, which stars Eric Stoltz, by the way. Dude. Uh, so, so <laughs> Fucking Eric Stoltz in so this her, one. Yes, her story is very tragic, right? Especially yes. in the very beginning. Um, and then we meet Paul. Uh, Paul, so Roger Ebert calls Paul bisexual. I don't think that's correct. I, I don't like that Roger Ebert did that because... They insinuate that he's gay and he dated Lauren before he came out, right? It I guess, was my understanding. But, yeah, see, okay. I read that too. I read that he is bisexual. Um, and the only evidence of that is I would say uh, him watching porn with Sean. But then at the same time, it's like... Sean he, put that on. Yeah. Paul doesn't really seem to care that it's on. So, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I would say that he is gay. And yeah. just for the fact that throughout the entire narrative, he is falling and pursuing these straight guys. Yeah. Right? Uh, which is, you know, his main fault in his character, right? Is yeah, that real, he just keeps... Real Joe Exotic over here. Yeah, keeps pursuing... In un, <laughs> unsuccessful Joe Exotic, I would say. I know, Because at least know. Joe got to turn... But he had meth. Yeah, Joe, uh, Joe had meth and tigers. So. Right. So... <laughs> Uh, Roger Avery calls Paul the moral center of the film, right? And, you know, I guess I would have to agree he's the less reprehensible of everybody. Yeah, you know, Paul doesn't have a a fall from grace sort of No, his thing. is more of a... His is sort of a very quick coming-of-age story where he is falling for these straight guys and when he finally gets dumped by Sean or I I guess being you know blown off by Sean at the end um, he's he's sad but he's taking it in a very mature way yeah something that I don't think he would have done when we meet him in the beginning yeah Um, I think that he is sort of you know especially since he Right before that, uh, he gets blown off by that uh, football player. Right? Uh, yeah, the that he was for sure like, yeah, dude, you're in the closet. Yeah, and you know what I love about this style of storytelling is we we get a little bit of epilogue in there, in the narration, mm-hmm. which is he ended up being gay and just told people I couldn't get it up. Right, it, yeah. it's that yeah, which I love, and we also get a little bit of that with Laura where. You know, um, like a week or whatever. The semester I left is when she uh, had sex with the whole football team. Yeah. And now she's married to a senator, right? Um, I love that, right? I love that style of this very quick epilogue. Mm-hmm. You know, here's where they're going, but here's where they are, right? Right. It's it's quick, and I like it, and I, I just think it's um, it's world building. Anyway. Um, and then we meet Sean. Sean. Sean is... Definitely a Bateman. Uh, yeah. Oh, especially in this in this sequence, because he, <clears throat> I love that he calls himself a vampire. Like I loved that. I was like, because you Batemans are vampires. Yeah. Like, uh, and you know he, and they play him very sinister in this in the beginning. Of yes, it. they do. 
Very... Especially with that shot of him glaring at uh, Kate Bosworth's character. Yeah, he's doing the he's doing the Stanley Kubrick. He's look. doing the Kubrick stare <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and yeah, and he and then but then when we Tarantino it and we go to the beginning of their story to see how they get here, he's actually very. Uh... He's sort of broken down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, um, yeah, he, at this point, at the end, but our introduction for him, what we don't know is, you know, how much he's gone through at this point. We do no. see he's beaten up, right? Yeah, physically abused. Yeah, um, but he is, but you're right, he's gone through a lot in mm-hmm. a semester, right? Yeah. All these people have. Um, yeah, and so, <laughs> but by we the, get this. By the way, all these introductions are not my favorite. And we'll get to my favorite one later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but with with Sean, you know, I do like his introduction and his sequence of, I could either do this, this, or this. Yeah. Right? And what he ends up doing. And then, you know, the I just love the, the rhythm of the dialogue and, and the way it's written. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I think Lauren's is my favorite out of the, just the, the writing. Yeah. I, I like her narration more um but i think all of them are written in such a way that it doesn't really fit the maturity of their characters right like they're they're speaking in these very eloquent and uh you know sort of i guess storytelling narrations their thoughts but when we actually see how they're acting but their dialogue and you know their outward dialogue and their actions are just awful (laughs) Yeah, awful and also, you know, immature and, yeah. you know, right. No, they're college kids. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So, I loved the transition from the party to the beginning, right? So, mm-hmm. we see the snow come off the ground. We see, you know, the leaves bloom again, you know, and go back on the tree. I really like that. Yeah. Um, and then we sort of get in the rhythm of now we're starting. Here's... Let's let's get to that point, right? Right. So this is probably like I would say like a month into their semester. Yeah, I would say um, I like that we don't have to go through setting up the notes in uh, in Sean's mailbox. I like that he's already been getting them, mm-hmm. and when we see him open the mailbox, he's excited because another one has come in. Right. Uh, I I like that we just jump right in. I um I also kind of called it that it was the uh, the cafeteria girl. No, spoilers. <gasps> spoilers. Yeah, I, I called it because maybe it's from watching too many movies. I think before he opens it, we see her twice. So we see her. We see him because he's passed out drunk in the quad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he gets woken up by sprinklers. Yeah. And then he goes to get breakfast, and she's serving him breakfast, and he's just like, like really? Yeah. Like this is all you're gonna give me? Uh, and then we see her hiding behind the tree mm-hmm. when he walks by her to mm-hmm. get to his dorm room to check his mail. And, you know, when I saw it the first time, I didn't realize how many times she was there. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that until... And then you do go back and she is there. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's yeah. not a joke. Yeah, I didn't realize that until... <laughs> They're not reshoots. Her, her death. And then I'm like, oh... Right, 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 right. But anyway, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, and I loved that... To even add more mystery to whoever this girl is, mm-hmm. it's James's voiceover of reading the note. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we don't get 
any clue as to who, who, who it is. is. Yeah. And we even get this little uh, great edit where with dialogue where, um, oh man, I forgot the phrase. Um, oh, tonight's the night, right? That, that edit mm-hmm. where he's reading it and the, it's those words over and over again. And then we cut to Lauren and Laura doing coke in their dorm room. <laughs> and then she says, is tonight the night? Yeah, yeah, you know, and they're you know, uh, by the way, rusty pipes. Uh, when she goes, when she her nose starts bleeding, uh-huh. uh, that's a that's a line of dialogue in uh, less than zero. Also, uh, yes, yeah, I saw that too, yeah. which is uh, another Brady Snellis, another Brady Snellis book and movie that had RDJ in it. Yes, and James the, Spader. The book in the movie is I think the worst adaptation. Yeah, Britt Snellis has also said like he hates it except for Spader and, and Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. that those are the exceptions. The movie is the movie's awful. Well, he said well, I guess now he's kind of changed his tone well, a little bit. Well, it's awful because it's I think one tenth of what the book is. Oh, okay. You know, it's it's one story instead of, you know, like in this one they yes they changed a lot from the book but it's still the the tone the rhythm and the the um, love triangle amount of storytelling right. that's in the book is in the movie right right like the amount of characters anyway um but anyway so right. so we see kind of you know so when we tarantino it and go back to the beginning we yeah. see everyone at their highest yeah you would say um, some quite literally when James goes to visit his Coke dealer who I can't think of that guy's name, but Oh, he's been in a ton of oh, stuff, ton of stuff. If anyone out there has seen, you know, uh, Boone Rock Saints two, he's has Ro- anyone seen Boone Rock Saints two? He's Let's Romeo. Uh, if anyone saw the first, uh, JJ Abrams, Star Trek, he's Eric Bana's like right hand man. Oh, he was uh, in the first season of Westworld. Actually, I think he's in the first two seasons of Westworld. Yeah. Um, but what was driving me so crazy is he, <laughs> he, especially in this movie, he looks like Robert Downey Jr. You think so? A hundred percent. Especially during this time where Robert was still oh, heavily at this time. coked out. Uh, yeah, and those scenes, um, I on rewatches, I usually skip it. Because I'm like, I get it. You know what I mean? Oh, he's a coke dealer. Okay. I got it, man. Because I guess he's just like so over the top. Yeah. Right? That I'm just kind of over it. Well, yeah, I will say it was getting a little tiresome. Now, especially with this whole like, you know, your motherfucking motherfucker. And like, okay. He's just saying it so much. Yeah. Right? Uh, it is sort of obnoxious. But, I mean, that goes with his character, right? He is super coked up, super upset. <laughs> you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. He, and he's just like so amped. He owes right? him $3,000. That's a lot, apparently. How much coke has he been taking? A lot. A yeah. lot, a lot. A lot, a lot. And which is so interesting that it's sort of, if you want to, you know, retroactively go back and view Patrick Bateman's success, mm-hmm. that if Sean is telling the truth and his parents really aren't well off, isn't that super interesting that... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because he says like, you that know... Patrick I, makes it you yeah. know, to this elite, yuppie lifestyle yeah 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 i guess that interest because because sean gives us a lot of different stories of where like he comes from uh-huh. and yeah that is interesting if like his family actually really is poor like or lower socioeconomic you know what i mean yeah. like especially for camden 
which is a very high socioeconomic school. Yes, yeah, especially considering. I didn't. God damn it, dude! I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I didn't write that yeah, down. Yeah, because because uh, Patrick's he's living that high life. He is, and I think it it makes sense that he would come from a lower socioeconomic because he is he oh. does he does have this. Um, this sort of imposter syndrome that he ch- doesn't belong, but he desperately wants to. Oh my god, dude, you're fucking blowing my mind right now, dude. Because yeah. now it's like, what if that's why he fucking kills people? I mean, I don't know if that's why he kills oh, people, but no, he probably. <laughs> god damn, dude, Brady else is gonna call us when this episode comes out and be like, "You guys get it." We we can contact his podcast whenever we want, I guess. <laughs> um. Anyway, so, so, uh, so yeah, Sean goes to see his guy, his coat dealer, or the guy he gets his coat from, a supplier. And, um, uh, Paul is, uh, I guess Paul's doing the yoga in the, in the quad, but, um, we later see him at that party. I forgot the names of the parties are great. And I forgot the name of this first one. It's like a burning man. It's that bonfire one, right? Yeah. Um, where we see that he is hitting on straight guys, yeah. right? Um, yeah, he hits well, on. Uh, well, the guy that he is on, it's insinuated that they've had a thing before. Yeah, right. Um, and we see him later um, when they go see the <laughs> drug dealer in his car. To uh, all of our American Pie fans out there, it's uh, Kevin from yeah. American Pie. Um, I'm going to be honest. I really loved seeing him. In another, even though I know it's not another sort of teen comedy, mm-hmm. uh, playing someone completely different from Kevin. He's a total wuss, man. Oh, this guy's for awful. Sure. And I love that his name is Mitch, but I love that everyone just calls him Mitchell. Yeah, Mitch. and, I, and I love it. It's it's almost like it's almost disrespectful because <laughs> yeah. it's like I don't know you well enough to call you Mitch. Yeah, you know Mitchell, because you know that's because that's Sean's last words to him, Mitchell. You're a pussy. That was a big old spit, too. Yeah. Um, people are just spitting on people in this movie, too. Yeah, they are. Anyway, so yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mitch tells Paul, uh, I told you to leave me alone. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I Well, see, I just well, I assumed that Paul did something to skeeve him out. And yeah. And so he pretty much was maybe. like... Maybe. I just assumed they had, you know, maybe hooked up once. And, and Mitch maybe had, Mitchell was drunk. I'm going to call him Mitchell also. Uh, maybe Mitchell yeah, was drunk. Yeah, fuck, and yeah, fuck yeah. He, he doesn't get to call Mitch. He's no, Mitchell. he's not cool enough. And yeah, yeah, with that ugly ass Mercedes. And then we do see, you know, Paul's sort of struggle to try to connect with someone... You know, obviously he goes straight for, which I guess, good for you, you know, swing for the fences, but he goes straight for, you know, uh, a sort of romantic um, relationship immediately. Like he's, he just immediately starts hitting on people, right? Yeah, man. Homie, homie. Uh, like he swings. He he uh, he goes all in. He dives head first. Yeah, he does. No, it, no little like, oh, let me just test waters. Nah. And this is sort of where it's another piece of evidence Sean doesn't have any money when he just caves because he doesn't have to pay for a meal. Yeah. Or, yeah. Because they're talking about tacos. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, my treat. Yeah. Your treat. You're paying. You're paying. Yeah. Um, and of course, since Sean is showing Paul just the littlest amount of attention, Paul's like, he's oh, the one. Right. I, this is it. And he's, you know, I mean, you know, there's, there's something about Sean. You know, he's a bad boy. He's, uh, you know, 
and he's just weird to me. Just like my man, you know, Danny Zuko. There's something about the bad boy. Yep. <laughs> yep, that's the comparison I would have made, too. I was just about to, and then you did it. So that's... Uh... Uh, but, of course, you know, Zook caves for his woman. I hate that so much. Um, but, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, he's... he's Because he already has the reputation around Camden as drug dealer. Yeah, he does. So he already has the bad boy reputation without really having to do anything. One of my favorite scenes is when he um, meets Lauren at that uh, tutorial on that Saturday. I was, and we will, I want to talk about the fucking shot for years. It's amazing. Uh, But yeah. So, like, okay. Uh, at first, you know they're connected, obviously, because they're they're split, but we're watching them simultaneously, right? So, obviously, they're connected. But then, once we get to... They're in the same hallway. It's absolutely brilliant, you know? Because yeah. they're... Because they keep it split. And they're talking to the camera, but at each other. And then, once we get the, you know, uh, the transition from split to full screen. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Now, I will say, though, and this is just me being me um you know because she pulls his glasses off of his face and then that's when we go from here to here yeah she's standing very far away they both are yeah so did she walk up take him off and then walk back or i don't know did she pull some like space jam wizardry and like stretch her arm <laughs> grab him up i that's mean pretty funny. it's just it's just me poking holes but i i dude i had to pause so I could like gush over how yeah. dope that shot was. Yeah, and of course the the music they choose, which is this um, different version of Colors by Donovan, uh, which I, I love, love. Donovan, yeah, love Donovan. Love this version of Colors. Um, can't find it on iTunes, so you can try, but it's not even on the soundtrack, which there is a soundtrack by the way. You're just gonna uh, have to rip it and grip it, my my dudes. Yeah, well, it's on the the vinyl of his greatest hits. They use that version, which really? is dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in my office anyway down there so uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay but you know and then we 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 get to see sean decide that's the woman who's been leaving me notes yes it's and if this is honestly also the the one time we we see sean kind of vulnerable yeah he lets his guard down and and he's like that's her that's her and i'm glad it's her you know at least let's hope to god it's her right yeah um and, you know, Lauren, I just love Lauren. I, I love that she, I think she might be my favorite character, only because, I mean, I, I think she's just kind of fun. Well, and, and she, she is, you know, I'm not going to disagree with Roger uh, Roger Avery about Paul being the moral uh, character of, mm-hmm. of, of the movie, but yeah. Lauren also is sort of this... No, I agree. I agree. I'm trying to find a really good comparison because almost pure person who is surrounded by terrible people, except for Paul. Except for Paul. And I think there's a reason that they both have this little talk at the end. At the end. I think it's there's a reason it's both of them and not other, you know, and not Laura and not Victor. 
my favorite introduction, by the way, is Victor. Um, oh, I was about to have a fucking aneurysm during his introduction. It's my like, absolute favorite. I was like, oh my god, is this not stopping I'm yet? I'm completely obsessed with it, and we're going to talk about it. Okay, good. Um, but, you know, exactly. You know, they're surrounded by these, as uh, as Roger Ebert said, reprehensible people. Oh, 100%. But he, but he thinks they are also reprehensible, which I'm not sure I agree with that. But, um, yeah. I, but, of course, he this movie is not made for someone Roger Ebert's age, right? Right. I think that, you know, he said that a lot of these critics were over 40, but the movie's for people under 30. Yeah. You know? And so if, like, we are still... Yes. Fingers crossed forever, guys. As of this recording. As of this recording, we are (laughs) both under 30. We were both, well, two years under 30. That's right. But anyway, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, because it's... And of course, since we were under 30, I think when we saw it, we will always love it. It's not like we're going to change our minds when we're 40. I, like, I'm, as I'm, soon as I turn 30, oh, no, I hate this movie. I hate this now. movie. That's not what's going to happen. But it's you know, for I this agree. generation, right? No, I, I agree. I, I feel like if I were to show this movie to, like, my dad, I, I for sure think he would hate it. Dad has seen this movie. And in fact, he I called him, I think it was last week, and he goes, hey, I, I saw that uh, Rules of Attraction movie on the other day. It was when uh, Fred Savage... Uh, oh, with, sticks the cigarette. Sticks the cigarette in his belly button and plays, and uh, does heroin in his toes. And I was like, yeah, 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 that's a good scene. <laughs> and what, what did he say about it? he was like, yeah, it was all right. He, he can appreciate that it's strange, and he can appreciate some of the stuff about it, but it's not for him, and he, he knows it. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, so anyway, the point I was making is that Laura is, like I said, almost... I wouldn't say she's purely pure, especially with the whole her and Laura doing coke together. <laughs> but, you know, she is innocent. That's the word. Because she, she is more innocent than everyone else. Especially because yeah. she's a virgin. Technically. What do you mean technically? I mean, she gives Eric Stoltz a blowjob in the, you know. I mean, yeah. technically. For, I mean, she's not like, <laughs> I'm saying like, I'm saying she's done stuff. I'm I'm saying she still got her hymen attack, but I'm saying <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Oh my god, that's what I'm saying. But anyway, um, I agree. She's sort of this sort of manic pixie dream girl, sort of a but a, in a very unique way where yeah. she does keep that innocence about herself, but still participates in all of this other what Roger Ebert would say debauchery. I right? was just the, about to say debauchery, which which is you know cocaine, weed. Uh, Blowing your professor. Blowing Eric Stoltz. Not even mask Eric Stoltz. Yeah, like handsome Eric Stoltz. (laughs) Not Uh, even uh, two months of Back to the Future Eric Stoltz. (laughs) We made that joke last week. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Or was it last hour? We've already made that joke, but hang on. We just got to talk about it now. Yeah, Eric Stoltz. His character is so wild. (laughs) He is the fucking creepy professor most people stay the fuck away from like like oh yeah who did you get for this I got him oh you if you want to pass pass him weed oh but he's at all the parties he's (laughs) he's banging all the co-eds dude for sure well because he was with Kate Bosworth at one of the parties uh, this is of course before the the end of the film when she meets up with with uh, with Sean but uh, yeah, she's she's in. <laughs> uh, they're at one of the parties. Anyway, don't matter. Um, they're in a hammock and they're smoking weed or whatever. Don't matter. But yeah, Eric Stoltz is for what little screen time he gets. Uh, 
I mean, props to him, my man. I kind of like to think it's his character from Pulp Fiction, but he got a degree and he started teaching. <laughs> you know? That... I love that. Yeah. That after seeing a woman uh, almost OD on his floor, he was like, I got to get a degree. I got to get But he didn't stop doing drugs himself. <laughs> <laughs> stop doing drugs and uh, ditched. Uh, Arquette. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's just like, hey, man, whatever. You know, that, that's kind of fun. So anyway. Yeah. Any, any, <laughs> anyway, back to everyone else. Back to everybody else. Um, yeah, man. So... And I love that through the lens of the, of these three parties, right? Three parties? Uh, might four be parties. three or four. Yeah, because there's the, also the Dress to Get Screwed party. There's the... Uh, so there's, it's the end of the world party is the last one. The Burning Man one is the first one. The party before the Saturday night party party. Um, so four? I don't know. Let's just say four. It was a bunch. Um, but I love through these parties, we get to see... How everyone is virtually changing, progressing. Each, yeah, and for changing, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean progressing. And right. um, you know, like I think the 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 party, the where to be screwed party, is yeah. where it literally uh, screws. I wasn't trying to make a pun, but it. Well, you did. But it literally... Well, it didn't roll mad at you. It, 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 that's when the movie, in my opinion, the drama finally starts. And, and shifts, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's when uh, he and Laura hook up. Because he's high on shrooms. Because he is high on shrooms. And she's throwing him flirty eyes. Uh, and poor Sean's mushroom-filled brain can't say no to Jessica Biel throwing flirty eyes. In lingerie. In lingerie. None of us could. Um, I do love, I laughed my ass off when Lauren walks in and he's like, I only did it with her because I'm in love with you. Yeah. I fucking. Did you also laugh when he said, this is what is fucking someone else. I mean, I'm not loyal to you. You know? Yes. It, it's oh, so Oh, that's silly. when he punches Jessica Biel. In the face. Yeah. Cause, uh, which, okay. Not saying <laughs> she deserved it. I'm saying she deserved it. But she deserved 100%. it. 100%. Like, she was, uh, like, making it like it's his fault. Like, bitch, no. Yeah. Takes two to tango, bitch. Yeah. You were flo- throwing flirty eyes, and oh. you knew 100% what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, okay, hang on. I want to get this out now. Here Jessica Bill's character is a fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, she's okay? pretty awful. When, when, spoiler, when Lauren finds her and Victor hooking up, She's not, like, upset about it. Was that her, by the uh-huh. way? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, she's still kind of blurred, but you can still make out Jessica Biel's face, and she just, like, fucking waves at her. Like, oh, hey, no, not like, we didn't want you to find out this way. No, yeah. she's unapologetic. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking your boyfriend. <laughs> I, you know, it, God, I love that you do that in quotes because it's such an, Victor's so odd. His, his character arc is very odd. And well, he learns nothing from anything. No, Victor is sort of his own person. He kind of uh, gets away with pretty much everything. Eh, everything that he does, he pretty much gets away ain't with. getting away with. He didn't really do anything. But anyway. Um, Except for not getting his weed or his uh, coke. Yeah, he didn't get Or at least, well, we never found out if he got his coke. Um, well, that's, well, yeah. Because he gave it to Mitchell. Uh, yeah, hey, fuck Mitchell. Yeah, fuck Mitchell. Um, Mitchell, you're a pussy. Okay. I want to talk about Paul and Richard. Okay. <laughs> Dick. 
Dick. So I almost started this episode uh, with, all right, guys, we're about to go to uh, Gangbang 101, Oral Sex Workshop, and Free Base Tutorial. Um, so, so this sequence is very odd, and it's sort of out of place. Yeah. Um, but I am obsessed with it because I think it's hilarious. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. And I've seen that actor who plays Dick in other things, and um, all I can see is him going, have a good one. I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. For five seconds, I thought it was Matt Damon. Oh, did you? That's funny. Because he, he, from the from the profile, he looks a little bit like Matt. You but, think um, uh, but then I was like, then I looked it up. I was like, oh, it's not Matt Damon. So it's, I guess, implied that they've had a history, uh, Paul and, and and Dick. Yeah. And I am obsessed with the George Michael um, sequence. Yes, with, with them uh, in their underwear dancing. And I think what's so crazy about the scene is Faye Dunaway is in the scene and she's uh, Paul's mom. Yeah. And it's Faye Dunaway. You know, I I don't know if she's won an Academy Award, but she's been in an Academy Award nominated films like uh, Mommy Dearest and Bonnie and Clyde. And so it's like, it's seeing Faye Dunaway. You're just like, why? It's so strange that she's yeah. in it. Um, but them at the dinner table is hysterical because Dick is out of his mind. He for sure has been coked up for five days straight. Um, or at it's, least drunk for five days straight. And I don't think he's at Camden. Um, I, th- I I don't think they say. I think I don't think so either because they imply that the school is ru- or at least his mom is like the school has ruined you. Right? Like yeah. look what they've done to you. Uh, because, you know, they imply that he hasn't been like this his whole life. Right? Um, I highly doubt that. And... I just, you know, he's, uh, Kale and I every now and then we'll go, no, 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 no. How about leave the table? You know, we'll, we'll do that. We'll, you know, bang on the table, tell everyone to have a good one. Um, this movie's changed our lives. Uh, at least the scene has changed our lives. <laughs> well, and I just love how even his name makes his mom's skin crawl. Yeah. You know, Richard. It's not my name. Not my name. My name is Dick. <laughs> he really does enunciate. And and then she's like, Dick. Well, you know, I've I've seen this woman before in a lot of other things as well. Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, great character actress. Um, but then you get to see, you know, it's this this cool comparison that happens where we see Richard, Dick, Dick. go completely bananas, right, and leave, but. You know, before that, when they were upstairs singing George Michael, they were doing pills and shit, you know, which uh-huh. I love the, uh, Faye Dunaway's like, what is it? She goes, does it matter? No. Yeah. They pops it in and they're drinking and, um, they're very higher socioeconomic. They would be, as we discussed in length in our, uh, American Psycho episode, they're yuppies, yeah. right? Um, and so there's, they're a different kind of insufferable. Right? Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I don't think the school has ruined Dick. Oh, it's for sure his mother. His mother has. Yeah. Right? Um, and Paul, if Paul's not careful, uh, he will be on that same way. I think so. And I think this is when his maturity starts to... Uh, kick in. To kick in. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, he sees the trajectory he's possibly on. With, with Dick and with Dick. his mother. Yeah. And, you know, with... It's sort of like a wake-up call, you know, yeah. and the fact that he keeps getting shut down by Sean. Yeah, and and 
thinks now that Sean is uh, cheating on him with some guy named Patrick. Patrick right. <laughs> Which I, I, I was like, oh, I, I felt like a Leo in Once Upon a Time in yes. Hollywood. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Who is this? Patrick? Is this Patrick? I was, I was like, because ah, ah. I think at that point, sidebar, I think at that point, because we just know his know him as Sean. And then I think someone calls him Bateman at one point, And yeah. then that's when you're like, Sean Bateman. Wait, as in. As in Which again, only works in movie form, because if we were to do this uh, in literary form, it would be the opposite. Well, because we would meet Sean first. Well, we? no, we meet Patrick first because Rules of Attraction came out first, the book. Yeah. And we meet Patrick for like one chapter. Oh, okay. And then American Psycho came out. And right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, oh, we, yeah. we meet Sean first in, 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 oh, in, in book form. Okay. Oh, right, 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 right. Right? Literary form, we meet Sean first. So it's sort of weird that it's sort of this opposite. Yeah, that, that we meet Patrick Bateman first. Which makes me think that this movie, I guess, takes place in the early 80s. Or should or the the narrative in the book takes place in like the early eighties, yes, yes, or late seventies, yes. Which because because I I'm not gonna lie, I caught that as a bit of a of an anachronism a little bit there because the movie Rules of Attraction takes place in I guess the early two thousands, yeah. But American Psycho, even though it was released in two thousand, takes place, takes place, in, place the in, in the mid eighties, in the mid eighties, yeah. So which means Patrick would be in his early forties, yeah, by. By this point, right? So, so it's just, it's cool that in literary form it's the opposite. Yeah. But anyway, uh, um, but yeah. So so yeah, I, and I noticed that very early in that in Dick and Paul scene is that it's also not meant to be. It's you know it's meant to show us a comparison between Dick and Paul and their mothers, but also Dick and his mother versus Paul and his mother. Yeah. And so I agreed that like Paul, it, it was in a wake up yeah. for Paul. And, you know, it's, I don't think we see him act in any sort of promiscuous, uh, sort of unsolicited promiscuous way (laughs) again, I don't think, because he does in the very beginning to everybody. Yeah, pretty much everyone. Yeah, you know, he kind of. I guess except for the very end with that football player, right? Yeah. That was his last sort of swing and a miss. Do, Do you think, do you think that was his last, like, you know what, if this works? great if not i need to stop i also think that he sort of knew it wasn't gonna no i think that he was sort of punishing himself maybe a little bit um anyway so let's see what i've written um so okay so do you want to talk about the the shock and awe that everyone has to deal with the uh the scene right after lauren catches Laura and Sean. Are we talking? We talking the poor uh, cafeteria. The poor cafeteria girl. Yeah. So because I feel like this is what also starts to corrode Lauren's view of Sean more than sleeping with her roommate has. And you know, it it occurs to me that I don't think she fully grasps grasps or even has any inclination of this girl's infatuation with Sean. Yeah. I think that, because, you know, at the end when uh, Paul asks her about the notes, she goes, what are you talking about? Right? So it's not that she was like, no, it was her. Right. Right. And by the way, Lauren knows this girl because we see a picture of both of them Mm -hmm. in the dorm room. Right? Which they're friends in real life, by the way. Uh, They were actually roommates during that time. 
Uh, so that's a real picture of them. Oh, okay. Anyway, they're also in a band together. It does matter. So, uh, shout out to their band. Yeah, shout out to their band. I didn't write it down. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, but like this is such a traumatic moment for Lauren yes. finding her, you know, all the more of Sean, of Sean's immaturity mm-hmm. of trying to kill himself. Um, yeah, and then sort of fakes it, which is sort of odd. It's odd behavior, right? Yeah, it, it's it's almost, it's very much, it's very much. Well, it's immature. It's immature, and it's very much, you know, like, well, I'll show them. If I'm dead, then they'll care, kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kind of attitude. Which is immature, right? Which is immature, but of course, it, had he not done that, because she was going there to talk to him. Yeah. Had he not done that, if he would just waited for five more minutes, they probably could have patched it. Yeah. And, and he could have gotten what he wanted. And I think, you know, this, that's probably also a change in, in Sean. Or I think he realizes that, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have this, this sort of uh, switch like Lauren and Paul have. I think he's still sort of Sean. Oh, at right the up until the end, yeah. Yeah. And so we get there eventually. We get to him sort of realizing his mistake and realizing his immaturity to a certain extent near the end. And when, you know, he's chasing after and then sitting in the bleachers in the snow and all that. Yeah. Um, but once Lauren is sort of heartbroken about Sean um, and finds the girl, which I don't even think she has a name. Uh, yeah, she, I don't think I think she's just cafeteria girl. Yeah, finds the girl in the bathtub, which by the way, rated R version doesn't show her cutting her wrist, just shows a reaction to it. Oh, um, oh, then I did for sure watch the yeah. unrated version. Well, the the easiest way you can tell is is the Jamaican guy is the magazine blurred because they literally blur the front of the magazine, the porn mag he's reading. I think it's a little bit blurred. Oh, uh, well, then maybe I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, anyway. so. Once she's heartbroken, you know, then we get to possibly my favorite scene, and that's Victor's. And we get to meet Victor. And, the, so, and yeah, because we've been hearing so much about Victor and how he's yeah. abroad and how when he gets back, she's going to lose her virginity to him. Because yeah. she, uh, spoiler, Lauren has maintained this idea that her and Victor are still dating. Yeah, and not only are they still dating, but then she, you know, uses that uh, that uh, textbook to deter her from going out, right? Because she mm. doesn't want to tarnish this relationship that she believes that she has, right? Right. And um, also, this is sort of a, now that we're talking more about Lauren, this is sort of what makes Irreversible the way it is to where we know it happens to her. And so when she talks about how... Her fantasy of how she wants to lose her virginity, we know how she loses it. Right. And so we, it, you know, we just feel so bad for her. Well, and especially because in her open narration, she mentions how she wanted it to be Victor, but she's, she, he'd already been sleeping with Laura. Right. So. And that, oh, I guess you're right. So I guess that was Laura. Um, Bow. Good job. Uh, and, you know, she goes, deep down, I always knew it was going to be like this. Right, mm-hmm. that she was destined for this disappointment and yeah. you know this sort of letdown, so that you know how irreversible works, where it's just now the rest of the movie's dread for them. Mm-hmm. This is just a little bit of heavy sympathy 
for for Lauren anytime right. she talks about it because we know what happens, right? Right. So we meet Victor. Victor. Victor's is my favorite because of what drove you crazy, which is how fast it is. Fast it is. Which, yeah, we should mention his whole studying abroad. <laughs> motherfucker was partying hard. Hard. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah, and it's based on Roger Avery's journals from when he was abroad. Oh, okay. Um, and then they went and shot this on location. Basically shot a a movie's worth of footage of Victor, of Victor's character, or, you know, this actor. I forgot his name. Um, uh, Kip something. Wasn't he in Remember the Titans? Yeah. He was the guy who could kick good. Who, they called him Pretty Boy, Pretty and boy. then he called their bluff when he kisses one of them in the uh, the shower. Yeah, that's right. Because they were like, oh, okay, Pretty Boy, and he was like, okay. Well, and he is. So, uh, yeah. Um, but he's also an asshole in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Homie, dude, he, Homie was high and drunk the, he, the entire time he was trekking all over Europe. I think my favorite part is the dialogue, is the narration, in that it sped up a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Because no one, he, he's not the micro machines guy. No one's talking that fast. <gasps> yeah, and of course the fast pace and the editing style of all the footage and how they managed to create this narrative from this footage that seems pretty random to me. Like yeah. if they were to, because I don't since this was based on Roger Avery's sort of journals and time in Europe. Um, it's not in the book. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, coming up with this, you know, string of events mm-hmm. in this order, it's sort of like, I don't know what they had to do first. Like, did they film all the footage and then come up with all of this? Or did they come up with all of it and then film the footage? I don't know. I would say they probably, they probably, well, they probably wrote what he was going to say. And then they're like, all right, go, go. Yeah, and it's awesome. I and the the footage style and the the cinematography is completely different because it seems homemade. Yeah, which right. I, okay, even though it drove me crazy, I did appreciate that. Like, it's filmed probably on a handheld camera. Yeah, um, it's what a college student would probably bring home to his friends. Like, dude, like, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. Right, you know. And so that I appreciated, but. Jesus Christ. And it goes on for so yeah, long. Yeah, it, it goes on for a while. If and, if I had a yeah. complaint, it would be that. Well, I, I, d- I didn't like that. Unbelievable. It's my favorite part. But, so, <laughs> but I understand why they had to do it. The, 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 to show us how awful Victor really is. Well, and how deep he got into it and how much it changed him. Because even at yeah. the end, he says, I have no idea who I am and I'm a ghost of a completely different person. Uh, but then when we see him in the very next scene, he's like, yeah, man, it was great. It was great. Yeah. I know, which is hilarious, right? It's sort of what makes this such a dark comedy is the that juxtaposition between this very, you know... Introspective, like, I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah, this philosophical introspective whatever, right? Yeah. And then he goes... It was dope. It was, it was awesome, man. Yeah, you got to. And then, of course, Mitchell's, Mitchell's like, the oh, worst. I gotta go. <laughs> oh, man, I've got I'm to. so there, bro. If you're there, that means you're not really there. Oh, and, it's like, and a very hippy-dippy thing to say to Mitchell, too. Fuck Mitchell. Yeah, and then fuck Victor. So, um, and, and I guess, and here's what I never under, don't get about this scene, is Sean's hanging out with them. Yeah. But then Victor's like, you know, when Sean's going to go pick up their coke for him, yeah. he's like, I don't trust you. I think it's, you know, they're like frenemies. 
Oh, um, yeah. Know? Well, because Sean can get them coke, even though uh, Victor and Mitchell both are too big of pussies to go do it themselves. Well, and it's, you know, like this great Tom Segura joke where he talks about, I've never in my life invited the pizza guy into my apartment and give him some of the pizza, but you do that with drug dealers. So it's like yeah. you don't hang out with the pizza guy when he comes to deliver your pizza, but you do with the drug dealer. And so uh, it's I think it's sort of that relationship. Yeah, that's true. Where they're sort of just chilling with the guy they can get coke from. Well, and I love I love how Sean is trying to uh, make Victor jealous by like, yeah, I'm in love with this girl, you know, because he knows he knows like, oh, you're Lore, Lauren's boyfriend. Right. But he's like, but this is our early tell that Victor has no idea who he's talking about. Yeah, and this is when we get this very odd interaction where Lauren finds out that they're sleeping together, uh, him and Laura, mm-hmm. uh, is when he either pretends not to know who she is or, or has genuine, genuinely doesn't know. I'm going to say genuinely doesn't know. Okay. Because I think, think it, he's that much of a scumbag. You think that he... Uh, We'll do all those all those European drugs right his brain, well, you man. You know, that's what I was thinking. And you know, it's sort of like also he was telling the truth where he's like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know like what like that seemed like a, a, a piece of genuine dialogue from him. Yeah. In that very fast and furious scene. Yeah. Um but then you could also read it as Lauren Lauren was sort of delusional in her what she thought was a relationship with Victor. I was just about to say, so you think that she was, she was reading too much into Maybe. what they had. Maybe. See, okay. Here's the thing. Seeing, again, I know this this, mufu, uh, this film is not a teen comedy, but seeing a lot of raunchy teen comedies, that makes sense. That she, that maybe Victor showed her a little bit of attention. They hung out every now and then. And she misinterpreted what she thought, what friendship was as a relationship. And then not even friendship because he may have only known her like as an acquaintance too. So there was, I mean, I didn't see a picture of both of them together. Just a picture of him and her. Right. In that weird frame. (laughs) Yeah. Bejazzled heart frame. Yeah, heart or butterfly frame. I don't know what it was. I think it was a butterfly. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, it's... I would say either or, either one mm -hmm. would work. I mean... That she read way too much into it, but then that would, of course, make Lauren out to be kind of an idiot. And yeah, as we've she seen, is an idiot. and as we've seen, she's not an idiot. Right, that makes sense. So I would say maybe it's more he just he he partied his ass off. It's just so the hard. oddest thing, right? It, or or maybe he's just that much of a scumbag. He's and he like, pretending. yeah, he, I don't know who you are. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, but it's good to see you. It's good to see you. I'm gonna have sex with your roommate now. Yeah, he doesn't know it's a roommate. He doesn't oh, yeah, know who know. she is. Um, anyway. Uh, the audience doesn't know that. Though. The audience doesn't know that. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, Victor is the most deplorable. He is oh, the most reprehensible. And so absolutely. when Roger Ebert is talking about all of these horrible, rich snobs that are also awful people. Mm-hmm. I think Victor is the epicenter of that. He oh, is, for sure. He is the beacon that is... Uh, he, he is the, the lighthouse that draws them all in. Yeah. He's so yeah. terrible, yeah. Yeah, um, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah, he's he's the fucking worst. And I think that they mentioned, because Roger Ebert mentioned it in his article, article, his, uh, whatever. His review. 
Thank you. Uh, that Victor had a relationship with Paul at one point. Hmm. Interesting. It's it's you know it's not a it's not so much a love triangle as this thing is like a love hexagon because yeah or like a decohedron. Because, you know, we have Paul... Look, it's just a ten-sided die in Dungeons and Dragons. Because Paul has a dodecahedron, everybody knows that. Uh, <laughs> Paul... Um, I learned that from Futurama. Uh, Paul's in love with Sean, but has had a relationship with both Lauren and Victor, if Roger Ebert is correct. Okay. I didn't catch Victor mentioning Paul, or anyone else mentioning Paul and Victor being together. I didn't catch that, but maybe I just haven't in all the times I've watched this movie. I don't know. Well, I might need to rewatch it now because now that makes me kind of curious, right? And, and then, uh, and then of course, Lauren is trying to save herself for Victor, but is falling for Sean. Mm-hmm. Sean is falling for Laura, but has a relationship or relationship. falling for Lauren. Lauren, but ha- yeah. but has sex with Laura, but is unknowingly falling for the cafeteria girl through these notes, right? Mm-hmm. It's all weird, right? Yeah, all... And, and which is, you know, more realistic than a love triangle, I think. In in yeah. terms of the complexity of human relationships and human emotions, I think that that fits better than, yeah. than a normal teen movie, right? Yeah, yeah. as where, you know, like, I'm an American Pie, which kind of reset a precedent for... Teen com- t- raunchy teen comedy in the 90s. Uh-huh. I mean, there's not a love triangle in that movie, but, I mean, you know, these high schoolers are dealing with relationship, you know, one relationship at a time. And right. it's, I mean, like, yeah, that's very high school, but I remember in high school, have, like, hearing stories of people, like, it wasn't just two people. It was... I would not. I didn't talk to girls. So... <laughs> Uh, which is true. So anyway, I mean, I didn't uh, talk to girls either, but I had friends who were <laughs> gossipers. I had friends who talked to girls. And yeah, <laughs> man. I had friends who met girls before, and that was cool. I never met a girl. God, so. we sound like the lamest people. I had I had met a girl until like uh, until last I, week. Yeah, until I met Haley. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. She's gonna see this and she'll be like, "You're a fucking idiot." Yeah, probably. Anyway. Um, but no, I I really like that you said that because that it does feel more realistic. And as we've already talked about in this season, your boy digs realism in movies. Yeah, and this is in in terms of this very strange representation of a story mm-hmm. in the way that it's you know in the way it's put together. Yeah. Uh, it just it's ironic that the relationships in it are sort of based in realistic expectations mm-hmm. uh, and outcomes, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I really I really dig this movie a lot. So do I, man. So, okay. <gasps> okay. <laughs> the movie... <laughs> The movie ends where it begins. At the end of the world party. At the end of the world party, which is... I I like that it's called the end of the world party, because not only is it the end of the movie, which is, you know, whatever, but mm-hmm. it's also the end of... It's sort of the end of the way these people were living for so long. Mm-hmm. You could feel like 
these these characters had been on this trajectory for a while, and then for some reason, which we know all the reasons, but this semester has really changed their lives mm-hmm. in unique ways that you know they weren't expecting, right? Um, yeah. and, which is a sort of interesting take on the coming of age story where, you know, oh, that summer, you know, I completely... The summer will never forget. Right, and I completely changed, right? This is yeah. sort of a semester long, which is longer than a, a summer. And then it's... They don't do a 180, which you know I hate. Yep. But uh, they have slowly matured, some of them, at least Paul and Lauren, Right. Well, you wouldn't say Sean matured? I mean, Sean did a little bit. I mean, because as we learn, what he actually did at the end of the world party, he ripped up all the notes, seeing Laura go upstairs with the film guy. Mm -hmm. But instead of approaching Kate Bosworth and uh, offering to take her back to his dorm room and make her cry with his fuck... Counting crows. Yeah. He decides to put down his bottle of Jack and leave. And go. Where we don't know. Yeah, um, and showing that he has grown and yeah. realizing like I'm done. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of done manipulating people and being this emotional vampire. I want yeah. to go off and be better. Maybe? maybe question mark question mark. And I love it cuts him off mid sentence. Yeah, which I wasn't expecting, and I was like, you motherfucker! But <laughs> damn, that was so good. It was good, right? And then, of course, the the credits, the credits roll backwards. backwards. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, and and we've seen and we've seen why. And see, I, I think that was the biggest surprise for me. I was like, well, I know what's going to happen now, but then seeing Sean turn around and walk away, I was like, oh, like, oh, that was just one of his. What should I do? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, but opting to be like, you know what? Forget it. None it's of it. time to grow up. None of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I was like, that's so cool. Um, I did again, kind of poking holes. We see Lauren after her, uh, unfortunate, um, film. So I guess we're meant to assume she cleaned herself up afterwards. Oh yeah. I, I assume so. Um, yeah, I, I think she did. Because she comes back Wouldn't out you? fully clothed. I mean, yeah. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Fully clothed, smoking her cigarette, and there's Because her hair's a little different, too, which means that she probably went to the bathroom and washed her face and head, right? Because... I, yeah, I would have... Yeah. Yeah. Um, poor Lauren. Poor Lauren, man. Lauren, I think... I think hers is the most tragic. And, you know, I think... You're right. You know, with with Roger Avery saying that Paul is the the moral epicenter, I think that he shares that equally with Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I and I love how they talk about Sean without ever saying his name. Yeah, because he was because wasn't he like you were in love with him too? Yeah, and then you know then he's there on his motorcycle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course my I think one of my favorite things about Sean's story is. He never gets to find out that um, that Lauren didn't write those notes. Yeah. She never explicitly said that wasn't me, right? And mm-hmm. the only time when we get, you know, obviously we knew already, but where we get her say outright is just to Paul. Yeah. That I don't know what notes you're talking about. Like I've never wrote, I never wrote anyone notes. Right. And but Sean doesn't know that. Sean still thinks. It was Lauren. It was Lauren who wrote those notes. 
But and so we, he never gets closure for that. And we and but we don't know what even happens to Sean. Who knows? Did he crash? Did he? No, he's fine. He's in American Psycho. <laughs> yeah. Um. By the way, um. I believe we talked about it in the American Psycho episode, but there is a scene in American Psycho where Patrick says rock and roll uh-huh. because that's what Sean says all the time. Oh, yeah. And so it's to make up for Sean not being in the movie um, that they just had him say rock and roll. <laughs> um, what was that? I, I, I'm trying to remember the scene, but I can't. But he does say it. Or someone says it. I saw a very terrible cut uh, when I was trying to find the deleted scene of... Sean, uh, Patrick in this movie mm-hmm. saw a very terrible cut where it's the uh, the scene in American Psycho where Patrick's talking to Chloe Sevigny. Oh yeah, and he and she wants to go to Dorcia, and so he calls Dorcia, and they cut oh to to James Vanderbeek on the payphone. I was like, that's okay, no, like because no. I thought it was like, holy shit, like was that a deleted scene? Because I've seen right. American Psycho backwards and forwards. So I was like, holy shit. And I was like, oh, you motherfucker. motherfucker. And yeah. so I went back. Uh, but I do want to talk about the deleted scene just for a second. Sure, yeah. I have not seen the deleted scene, by the way. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah. Considering I it's, it's not Christian Bale. No, it's not. The actor they got... <sighs> Does he play it like Christian Bale? He almost plays him very, very sinister, actually. Okay. But I think it's meant to be... He's... Um, Annoyed that Sean is calling. Oh, okay. So it's it takes place right after the Fred Savage scene. Okay. And um, uh, Sean is like, yeah, you're going to have to call Patrick. See if he can loan you the money. And so he goes to the he goes to the payphone. He's like, don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <sighs> and he calls. And we see Patrick in his nice-ass office. Uh, recording a voice memo about, I'm assuming, a victim. And uh, his assistant, um, what's Chloe Sevigny's character's name in American Psycho? I don't remember. Because <laughs> it's it's the same name. Oh, okay. So, uh, anyway, his assistant's like, you know, you have a collect call from Camden. I think, I think it's your brother. And he's like, okay. And he sits down and she's like, is there anything else I can get you? And he's like, well, he asked her to research laser hair removal for That's her. fine. And she's like, what? And he's like, hair removal with lasers. And she's like, oh, okay. And is there anything else I can get you? And he's like, a Perrier. And then he, so then he talks to Sean and he's like, what do you want? Like already very annoyed having to talk to his little brother. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I need I need some more money. And he's like, what happened to the 7,000 I put in your account? Yeah. And he's like, where's that? And uh, we get a little bit of an idea of what's going on in their family life. Because mm-hmm. Sean asks him, how, how's dad? And he goes, as good as anyone could be hooked up to a bunch of tubes. Okay. So I'm implying, I guess, their dad is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Patrick is pretty much kind of taunting Sean about like, you know, you're at this college and I, and he's like, I called your advisor. You haven't gone to any of your classes. And he's like, you talked to my advisor. He's like, yeah, I did. And Sean's like, well, what do you want me to do? Patrick, do you want me to do what you do? And 
Patrick goes, you wouldn't comprehend half the things I can do. <laughs> Which I was like, That's oh, so lame. Oh, that's dumb. Well, then like it. it ends with Sean going, so you won't give me the money? And Patrick goes, no. And good acting for James Vanderbeek. But he's like, well, then fuck you. And he slams the... Oh, yeah. And then that's how it ends. So I can see why they cut it. Yeah. Um, because it it sort of grinds it to a halt because it's like, you know, I, I they probably just wanted this to stand alone. They don't want it to, they want it to be connected in a very subtle way mm-hmm. to American Psycho, right? Which I think they do good with, uh, who is this? Is this Patrick? Exactly. I think it's perfect, right? Um, because at first when I saw it, I go, oh, Bateman, he must really like that last name. Yeah, I didn't even it wouldn't even have occurred to me that they were brothers and then when he said is this Patrick I go what the fuck you know yeah Uh, and I I loved it because it's it's what I love about Stephen King is that we get characters from different books and other ones Mm -hmm. right like Victor is in another book that he wrote called Glamorama okay and you know Sean and Paul are in um, American Psycho and then two characters from it's Blair and from less than zero are mm-hmm. in Rules of Attraction, and and so I just like that you know these characters sort of inter intermingle. Well, and of course Brittany Snellis is also a character in his own universe too, which I think is kind of funny. But anyway, but um, did you did you read Roger Avery wanted Brittany Snellis to, to play, play Patrick, and he was Patrick like, Bateman? And he was like, no, no, thank you. <laughs> I would have said no to bro. Um, well, and and you know, and uh, I, I recently I watched an interview with James Vanderbeek, and he said how because he was asked like, did you read Rules of Attraction? And this is recent, like because uh, you know James lives in Austin now. I've seen him. Um, I've seen him in Austin. Wait, like really? Yeah. So did you go up to him and be like, oh, yo, no. Dawson? We were on the, uh, we were on the highway and there was a car in front of us and he was driving so fucking slow. And so Kale and I were like, dude, fucking move. And when he finally got over, we're like, Jesus Christ. And we're like, oh, it's fucking James Vanderbeek. Oh my God. <laughs> James Vanderbeek drives like a bitch. But, uh, um, dude, no, he, he was going to be our best subscriber. Oh, well, that's over. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so he was asked, like, did you read the Rules of Attraction book to get ready for the role? And he was like, well, no, I didn't. I trusted Roger Avery's word. He was like, but I did read American Psycho. Because he felt that that helped him mold Sean the way he did. Because he's like, you know, that's your big brother right there. Yeah. And he's like, and that's always going to be looming over Sean. Even though it's implied that Sean doesn't know what Patrick actually does. He's like, but, you know, that's that's still looming over you. Mm-hmm. He's like, your big brother does that. And uh, he was like, but that really helped me. He was like, he's like, you know, I read a couple of things from rules of attraction. He was like, but I, he's like, I was too worried that if I read the book, I wouldn't play it the way Roger wanted. Me it, to. it would infer his acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. Uh, and yeah, man. And it, and you can see it. You can kind of see that little bit of like, like your big brother, your big, not knowing your brother's a serial killer, but, but you know he's like this big old fat cat yuppie up in yeah, you know, is kind of looming over your your life, and yep. it's yeah, man, I dug it. Um, I did too, and you know uh, we can end on since we're talking about behind the scenes stuff, we can talk about the marketing. Yes, because you you told me that the marketing was 
awful. Well, yeah, because, I mean, they're marketing it as this... Teen comedy? Typical teen comedy. And you go and see it, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Which, uh, right? as, I, as I mentioned off mic, uh, one of the reviews I found called it the death of the teen comedy. This film killed the teen and comedy. And a lot of it was, you know, the actual physical, uh, like, poster art. Like, the the actual material that people were viewing before they see it. Yeah. It's sort of nonsense, because, it, you know, it's... To be fair, it is very hard to market this movie. I get that. Yeah. But I, I like that if you can see the teddy bear um, poster, is probably the best way to do it, you know, in terms of what's this movie, right? What is this? Yeah. It's like, this looks very weird. There you go. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, it's not what you are going to expect. As where, you know, the, uh, the poster that, like, I think, like, the, I took iTunes has is like the the chopped one yeah, with everyone's yeah. face. He calls it uh, Roger Avery calls it the Saved by the Bell poster. Oh my god! Because it's so bright and colorful, and you get the stars up there like Jessica Biel and James Vanderbeek, and you know you guys watch Seventh Heaven and Dawson's Creek, and you know, and then you go see it, and you're like, what is Dawson doing? <laughs> Why? Why is he trying to hang himself? Exactly. Which, by the way, I don't know what brand of hook that is but that needs to be their uh uh their marketing strategy because that stayed up there for a while yeah uh why is dawson trying to slit his wrist with a safety blade hilarious (laughs) he tries after so silly (laughs) and then he pees himself yeah, because he doesn't he take like a bunch of cold medicine, tons of cold medicine, and like ibuprofen. I know, and it just knocks him out, and he's like, <laughs> typical. Typical. Anyway. But yeah, man, I am really glad you dug this movie because it's uh, it's it's a cool one, man. Well, I mean, so if, shout out to our American Psycho episode. I mean, I love the American Psycho movie, and of course, as I showed you the song from that band I like, yeah, uh, Ice Night Kills wrote a song. American Psycho not feel like and I feel like for the movie at least that song really encapsulates the movie and I will read the book because I love Brett Easton Ellis I think you know we've done two of his movies already uh, I think that might be it for me yes yeah, you know, I don't know if I want to see less than zero I mean I love Downey but I don't I do know too. if I want to see I, that I like Andrew McCarthy I like James Bader but to me I know too much about how much it isn't um, yeah. The book, right? Yeah. And there's something about that, you know, because in terms of adaptations, I, you know, for some reason, which is like a lot of people, mm-hmm. if you find out that it's nothing like the book, it sort of infers your um, your perception yeah. of it. And then you're like, well, that must be bad. That doesn't necessarily mean the same thing. It yeah. not being like the book and it being bad are two totally, totally different ideas. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, let's take a movie you... Alex and I talk about all the time, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that they had to trim from the books, but those movies aren't bad. They're amazing. They are awesome. They're, yeah. Amazon, don't fuck this up. They're incredible, right? And so, yeah, and, you know, or we could take, I'm thinking of ending things, which. Oh my God. They they act as more companion pieces, right? Rather than, yeah. Rather than just like, you can do either or. It's like, no. No, you know? Kaufman's like, no, fuck that shit. But as much as they had to take out and change mm-hmm. um, in Rules of Attraction, Ellis... I was about to say, didn't he... He loves it. Yeah, didn't he sign off on the this and American Psycho it's he the, signed off on? 
I think American Psycho later, but this one, he said that this is my favorite. It's not exactly like the book, but it encapsulates the what? theme and the tone. This yeah. is this is the story, right? This is how it should be told. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, capturing what the author is wanting to invoke, right? Yeah. In the book, but in movie form, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Loved it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I bought it on iTunes today just so I could watch it at work and take notes. Uh, my you're bosses don't listen to this, do they? <laughs> you're supposed to be helping students. I do. But uh, I was caught up. And so, and I would pause it and answer well, the phone. Well, and of course, and now I, you have an actual office. So yeah. you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you can be, have your phone propped up and be like, like acting like you're typing. And like, oh, I don't act like I type. <laughs> That's crazy. No, I, I prop it up and I'll, I'll watch it. And I'll, I'll answer emails while I'm watching. And, you know, I do actually do my job. <laughs> And then if the phone rings or if a student comes in, I pause it and I talk to him and it's easy, easy base. They come in right when it's like, oh, I had to turn it down a couple of times, but you motherfucking yes. What can I help? You? Yeah, how can I help you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I work at a college, by the way, and it's not like that. <laughs> man, what colleges are they going to? I don't know. Uh, All right, Rain. so so normally we do the wrap up, wrap up, wrap up, but we already did. We kind of just did wrap up, wrap up. So. I'm excited to find out what we are discussing next week. I have gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth again. Because now that I've gotten the movie that I knew you weren't going to like out of the way, it's time to get back on track. Yay. uh, Pick some movies that I have a feeling you'll like. Um, So, man, like I tried. I was like, man, which one do I want to do? Because I have a lot. Considering, you know, I want to participate in the strange films. And, of course, also being a big fan of Tim Burton, I'm like, perfect, I can pick some Tim Burton movies. Sure. But I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to do a Tim Burton movie yet. Okay. So, I decided... I'll give a shit. <laughs> so, I decided today, I was like, you know what? Some do know a time travel movie. Oh, I love time travel. So, and I've been thinking about this one a lot, and it's strange in the sense of if you really, and I want us to talk about it, if you really think about what's happening outside of... The movie. Uh-huh. So next week, we'll be discussing Palm Springs. Oh, Palm Springs. Okay. Because I really want to talk about, like, yeah, they're in the time loop. Yeah. But think about everything that's happening outside of the time loop. Because time, like, moving normal. I Yeah. It's the, you know? it's that Groundhog Day problem. Where yeah. you're like, well, wait. I know he's having to re-loop every time. But, but like, is everyone else? Is or is it... Re-loop? Yeah. And, of course, you know, the movie is, is funny. It's dramatic uh i think andy sandberg really shows his acting range in this film of course we got our boy jk simmons yep um i did enjoy this movie a lot i saw it when it came out on hulu and it was as dope. did i the, and i bought the uh the tuna train uh bootleg and it's he bought dope. the bootleg i bought the bootleg had to um, right now but yeah you know what and i mean yeah the film is strange in the sense of it's a time loop movie mm-hmm. but you know a little bit of a light-hearted strange film as comparison to the heavy-handed strange films that we've already done. Yes, and that we will continue to do, trust me. Yeah. So this is the most light-hearted it's going to get for me. I Pro- think. Well, except for the 100th episode well, special. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, for, in terms of my strange picks, I think yeah, this, yeah, this is about as fun as it's going to get. <laughs> so uh, there's a few quick announcements, everyone. So the 100th episode, we're, we're trying to get ready for it. 
Uh, we're just waiting on a couple of things. Uh, our sweaters. Our sweaters. <laughs> um, and then next week's episode, because like I said, this one's going to come out in real time. I disagree that should happen. But oh, you don't want this one to come out in real time? No, because I'm going to be out of town again. I'm not oh, okay. going to be able to record anything. Okay. Well, you know what? Honestly, that'll give me time. So this, disregard what I said at the beginning. Disregard. This episode's not coming out in real time. This episode's coming out next week. Fuckers. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, guys. Uh, okay, no, because that's what I was going to say, that you're going out of town this week. Yes. So we're not going to record this week. Nope. So this episode's going to come out next week. And that gives me time to actually edit everything anyways. That'd maybe. be dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured because, you know, today is Wednesday. Wednesday. Right? Yeah, because as soon oh, as you left. Time, yeah. As soon as you left, I was going to immediately start. <laughs> but at least this gives me, like. I'll probably start editing. If I'm being honest, I'll probably get everything geared up, ready for. It gives tomorrow. me time to write the thing and whatever. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we hope everyone enjoyed Rules of Attraction. Um, I don't know if I have any announcements. I don't think so. I uh, I kind of want to give out some recommendation. Okay. You know. Yeah. Since you know what. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do some recommendation. Um, for comfort watching purposes, I've been getting back into King of the Hill, which I love. Nice. And of course, I I don't know if it means more to us because we're from Texas, but I really like it. Um, oh, well, for sure. I mean, Mike. That's Mike Judge is also from Texas. Yeah, so. I think you know. I don't know if just Texans really like King of the Hill or if everybody does. I don't know, but I really dig it. Um, I've also been watching rewatching a lot of seasons of Ink Master. <laughs> Which I just love. If you're into like that competition type show, I, I really dig it. Uh, I'm probably gonna start doing a rewatch of uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine soon. Oh uh, yeah, because, because the final the, season. That's right. Uh, R.I.P. I know. We're losing another great show. Yeah, we are. Um, yes, we are. I am going to eventually, actually, probably. What time is it? I'll probably watch it. Uh, watch. Um, the special movie you bought for me. Oh, yeah! Because um, I think it's finally time to watch it. Vampiro's Lesbos. <laughs> I wasn't going to say the title. Oh, yeah, but Vampiro's Lesbos. Look it up. It's Vampiro's great. Lesbos. Or, you know, put up the poster. I'll put uh, it up. Okay, now, now back to Palm Springs uh, poster. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, I've been thinking about watching that. Uh, I'm not, that's not a film recommendation for everyone. Well, can't, uh, recommend, can't recommend it. I haven't seen it yet, but... Uh, I will tell you. <laughs> yeah, let me know. I, I, I'm really fascinated. Because uh, Ashley doesn't want to watch it with me. Oh, so. she doesn't? No. So <laughs> that works out perfect. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like an actual like honest to God recommendation I can give. I did this weekend. Uh, Kale and I got drunk and we watched <laughs> Blade 1 and 2. Why? Those movies are fucking rad. <laughs> that's But why. dude, Mahershala Ali is about to... I know, and that's going to be dope. That's going to be... Listen, there's a difference between <laughs> super rad and fun and good. You know what I mean? Like, You know what I mean? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh, Huge difference. Um, there was one. Th- oh. Um, also, if anyone out there has seen the, the show um, Brand New Cherry... Let us know in the comments. I'm very interested to see this. Uh, no, it's no, no, been no, no. Um, compared uh, to like David Lynch proportions. Oh, well now I'm intrigued. Well, see, I thought it was from David, and then I did a little bit of digging. I was like, oh, it's just been what's it called? Brand new cherry. Okay, it's on Netflix. Oh, Done. anyway, uh, so we hope everyone enjoyed. Yeah, uh, our. Well, we didn't really give any film recommendations. Our TV recommendations. I guess we did give TV recommendations. Um, and we hope you enjoyed yeah. the episode on Rules of Attraction. And we'll see you next week for Palm Springs.